A reading from Matthew 26, 14-16. Then one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and asked, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? So they counted out for him thirty pieces of silver. From then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. Uh, the last sentence, from uh, then on, Judas watched for an opportunity, that reminds me of the fourth chapter of Luke uh, and Matthew as well when Jesus is tempted. But Luke describes it, and Satan left him and waited for an opportune time. Interesting. And so that, that you hear that echo. Also, uh, Judas Iscariot um, has shown up before. I mean, he is one of the twelve. And is there any indication before this that Judas uh, was probably not kind of 100%? There's nothing really in the text. In, in hindsight reading of the text, we might see in the story where the woman anoints Jesus' feet, right. and he's concerned about the funds. We, so looking back with what we know at the end of the story, we recognize there was an inconsistency. He really wasn't concerned about the poor in that aspect. But there's really nothing there. I mean, uh, I've often used this as an example of how people that are followers of Christ can become tools of the kingdom of darkness. That the kingdom of darkness can uh, come in and take influence. I mean, people will say, well, once you're in Christ, that can't happen. But that's not true because Judas is called a disciple. He goes out with the twelve and does the things that Jesus calls him to do. He has the the ministry of the Holy Spirit um, accessible to him. Um, Though the Pentecost hasn't happened yet, they're all operating out of the flow of what Jesus is doing and his authority. And so in Judas's life, he has all of the same elements as the other apostles. But at some point, uh, sin, which we're not sure what the sin was here, was it simply uh, financial desire? Or was he becoming concerned about the comfort level of the group, recognizing this isn't going to go well? This is going to come apart with the religious leaders. We really don't know what's going on in Judas's mind, but the scripture says Satan enters his heart. Mm. Satan comes to him. And I thought it was interesting that you made that connection back to Jesus' temptation, that Satan waits for an opportune time, and he uses people in the opportune time people on the inside. When we read this, almost like a pit hit me in the stomach because one of my high values is loyalty. And to think that, you know, Judas is here looking at Jesus and smiling at him and being one of the boys, but in his heart, he's waiting for an opportune time to hand him over. It's it's really a sad moment in the story. One of the things that I think we all fear a little bit is uh, in the collection of people that we surround ourselves with, who we call friends, we're always a little wor- worried about betrayal. Uh, and this is really the archetypical instance of tra- uh, betrayal. But we've seen betrayal run throughout the Old Testament. It's, it's, um, uh, David writes a whole psalm on it in Psalm 55 about, you were my closest friends, but you know you, your words were sweet, but you had you had uh, hatred in your heart or something along those lines. Uh, Judas, um, we don't know, but one of the th- one of the sort of underlining foundational things about all human beings is we're free to have our hearts are free to choose to go 
in another direction than one that God is calling us to. And you're right. I mean, we don't know what that is here. Uh, but, it, you know, something turns him. And uh, we were on a retreat as a staff these last couple of days, and um, the person who was leading us through spiritual direction used the old chorus, I have decided to follow Jesus. And uh, she made the point, which was really an excellent point, there's a transition moment when we transfer our allegiance to Christ. That's our conversion experience. Mm. Some of us, it's right on the spot. Some of us, it's over a couple of years. But once we're in allegiance with Christ, every day we're deciding to follow Christ or not. At any point, we can open up the door to become a tool uh, that the enemy uses against God's glory and against the kingdom of God. And it's a real warning in Judas's life. He was on the inner core. He saw all the stuff firsthand. He was a part of watching Jesus announce and demonstrate the kingdom of God. But he allowed something to wedge into his life that became a tool the enemy used to draw him away. It, it, you might kind of consider what you just said, which I really like, as a kind of undertow. You can't see it, but it is pulling you. 